Welcome, everyone, to another edition of the Ryan and Russ Show. On today's episode, West Virginia travels to Austin, Texas, and takes on the Horns Down Longhorns. And Geno Smith wins Comeback Player of the Year. All ahead on the Ryan and Russ Show. And we welcome you back to your source for West Virginia sports. I'm Rambling Rush. He's Moneyline Mac. We are the Ryan and Rush Show, and we're getting right into it. Ryan, the Mountaineers go to Austin on Saturday, noontime game, 11 o'clock locally. Uh, West Virginia, of course, coming off the big Iowa State win. If you haven't checked out that video, go check it out. Texas, on the other hand, lost to Kansas Monday night. Um, So they're going to be looking for a win here. We played this team only five games ago, six games ago. Uh, to remind the audience, what can you tell us about this Texas team and their identity? And have there been any big updates with this Texas team since the last time we saw them in Morgantown? No big updates, but they're rolling. They te- overall won three out of five, but they've won four out of five in the league because they lost. They dropped the SEC challenge at Tennessee, so that really didn't hurt. They didn't hurt their Big 12 record. But it's same script with Texas, very talented. They're very experienced with all their different transfer that they've brought in, uh, obviously led by the backcourt with Marcus Carr from Minnesota, Tyrese Hunter from Ohio State. Then you got Teddy Allen's brother, brother Timmy Allen, that came over from Utah. And then they got a couple bigs that have been good in uh, Bishop and DeSue from uh, Vandy and Creighton. And then off the bench, uh, Sir Jabari Rice that gave some fits as well. He's mm-hmm. the New Mexico State transfer. So kind of a bunch of guys that are old. They're men. They're all 22, 23 years old and playing well together. They play with toughness and they've gotten over this Chris Beard situation that happened at the front end of league play and kind of rallied around Rodney Terry, the interim coach. And that's why they sit up top alone in the Big 12 at eight and three overall in the standings. So when we talk about making adjustments to this Texas team, right? Of course, we lost to him in Morgantown. I think it was 79-71. That was the game where Hugs said after the press conference, right, that he should have put Tucson in earlier and mm-hmm. probably longer. Um, I guess that's definitely one adjustment you want to make, especially with the way our bench is playing and the way we're rolling um, there and looking more like a complete team, a more well-rounded team, a deeper team, the team we've kind of been waiting for and you know now they're showing. Um, what other adjustments would you recommend uh, as we face Texas or um, even speaking to that matter with with Tucson? Do you even bring them out earlier? Um, what do you think about all of that? It might be a game where you got to play Keady and Joe more together because I or I almost said Iowa State because we just played them. Texas uh, with Tyrese Hunter from Iowa State and Marcus Carr play two point guards as well. So you can match their two point guards with our two point guards. But, you know, this was a game where we kind of went back to old tendencies. We turned the ball over 20 times against him. Keedy had 22 points, but he also had six turnovers. So it wasn't one of his better overall games. Scoring-wise, it was. And um, just as a team overall, I mean, Trey had five turnovers as well in his revenge game against Texas. So we got to clean up these turnovers. We can't turn the ball over 20 times and beat a team this good that's a top-10 team in the country. Especially in terms of giving crowd any momentum, right? Is mm-hmm. you know we we know how it can be in Austin. It can it can get crazy down there, and of course we can't go through a Texas episode without saying horns down and uh, look forward to booting them out of the SEC to the yeah. SEC. Pardon me. Um, after next year, uh, that official agreement came through. So it's you're definitely right. The turnovers, you know, got to make the free throws, especially in a hostile environment. Those are the two biggest things for the Mountaineers. Um, but looking. 
and kind of talking about how this game differs from from the last time we played them. Right, it was still kind of a lot going on. It was before um, you know we started to get things right with with the Texas Tech game and uh, the Auburn game. Um, but what with this game, we're talking about the formula for March, right, and how we need to win our home games. We have three more home games um, against Oklahoma State, Texas Tech, and Kansas State, all three winnable games. But we still need to – that doesn't mean just because we have a little bit of breathing room, we can just kind of roll into Austin and then roll into Waco and be like, oh, yeah, we are you know we just got to win our home games. right? We still need to keep these games close because right now the computers love us. We keep talking about it. We've been talking about it with Ethan Bach how much the computers love us. Uh, but to keep those computers loving us, we need to be keeping these games close. Yep. Yeah, no, you can't get blown out. That's when the computers start not loving you. They – they do take into account margin of victory, margin of loss. So it's, uh, it, it, you know, they're not supposed to tell you that, but they really do because you just look at the two the teams at the top of the of the Kempom net ranking, shot quality, whatever analytics, advanced metrics site you want to use. It's margin of victory, and obviously, strength of schedule will always be there in this league. Yeah, when you look at this game and kind of you know, as we were talking about it with more potentially more substitutions, more gameplay, making those adjustments to Texas, Ryan, how do we match up with this Texas team? I know it's probably going to be, you're talking about the bigs, definitely a hard game for Jimmy, but I also think we didn't have the power of a Conquo um, when we first played this time. He's coming into his own now too, especially with Huggins kind of making that switch between him and Wagi, making Wagi the three and Conquo moving up to second. So I definitely think that can give us some life. Um, but talking about kind of the game plan is how do we, how do we penetrate this Texas defense? How do we score? Um, you know, what, what positions is it going to be open to? You know, this was kind of the first game that James started playing over Mo. Uh, he played 15 minutes at six points, four rebounds. So this is kind of the game that sparked it. Everybody remembers the Texas tech game. Cause that was a game where he had the famous block where he took it off the rim from the guy with the, from the red Raiders trying to dunk it. So I, I expect Kikunku to continue to get more and more minutes. He's been a great rim protector, helped our defense tremendously because that's really what's turned around this season in, in league play over the last couple games is we started guarding better again. We weren't guarding uh first four or five games. So yeah, no, I expect more minutes uh, for a Kunku. It will be difficult to throw the ball inside against these guys, but Hugs will try to do so just because you have to keep them honest. You have to try and see if you can put some fouls on Sue and uh, Bishop, but they do have a lot of size, and obviously they're very old and seasoned with being at different schools prior to being at Texas. Yeah, makes sense. So who who do you have as your X factor for this game? If, if the Mountaineers are to go into Austin, shock the world, two-game losing streak for Texas, who's going to be the reason that happens? Eric Stevenson. It's the, when you go on the road, you got to have your stars play. It's you, Eric live or against, die by Eric. What we were yeah. just talking about. Love it. Live or die yeah. by him. I'll take it. I, I'm confident Keaty will be consistent, but Eric was two of nine on for just seven points against Texas in um, the previous meeting. So we, if he only goes for seven points, we're not going to win this game. Unfortunately, I, I as well as we're playing, we need more from Eric in this game against a team like this. You, this is a top 10 team. And we keep talking about like how old Texas is with all their vets. Eric is just like all their guys, Eric and Emmett. Like he, they've been to different schools and that's why they're 
having such good years later in the year because they've been through the been through the gauntlet of what this league is. And if to to do this with Eric, I love him being the X factor, and I agree. The the yeah. live or die by is we keep talking about. Um, what are your three keys to victory for going into Austin, Texas, and beating the horns down Texas horns down Longhorns? Yeah, horns down keys to victory. Number one, uh, take care of the basketball. We we can't turn the ball over twenty times against a top ten team. They're they're really good defensively. They still carry on that Chris Beard uh, aggressiveness on, on the defensive side. Push the ball to the sideline and uh, run through balls if you're lazy with it, careless with it. Number two, you got to control the backboard. You're going to win on the road. You got to you got to win the rebounding battle. We did a decent job at home. I think we out rebounded them by three. So got to do so again. And number three, man, it's a forty minute fight there. All of a sudden, Texas has become a good home court advantage at the Irwin Center, the old one. It kind of was a wine and cheese crowd, as uh, I like to call it. It was kind of an older, it, more dusty crowd. Now it's now they got a little little pop in that building. I mean, they they turn up the music, it, the lighting's better, and give Beard Chris Beard a lot of credit. I know what he did was awful in that whole situation, but. He re-energized that whole fan base, and they are showing up and selling out these games at the Moody Center. So it's going to be a forty-minute fight. They're going to make their runs. You got to take their punches and punch back and uh, win the forty-minute battle, man. Yeah, I, I understand what you're saying in terms of basketball terms with the Chris Beard aggressiveness. Hopefully, you know, only in terms of basketball, right? <laughs> the talking I mean, on the court, not yeah, on the court. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. But but hey, Rush, have you noticed that? Like just turning on the Texas game, how much different their crowd is compared to what it's been in the past? It used oh, to just I, be yeah. yeah, I agree. It's definitely a younger crowd. And yep. um, but I also say we're also talking about Texas, where all of a sudden a team's good and then everyone comes out of the woodwork, Correct. right? So, winning helps. Yes. Yeah, winning does help with Texas. I, I'd like to – don't forget, too, this is the same Texas team that we played in football, which don't forget Texas, live or die by football, where no tickets doubt. were $3 to that game when we played them. So he, he did a really good job of getting creative, Chris Beard, that is, and he played – he would play a game like in the volleyball arena or the old – old arena in like the 60s and then they mm -hmm. it would be a free game for all only students were allowed to go so they played like rio grande and it would they would jam it into this volleyball arena and it would be so like it would bring the students back he like i said what happened with him is awful but he did an unbelievable job here in just a year re-energizing this fan base and everybody will see it because everybody's gonna turn on the game tomorrow and be like i thought texas was one of the more quiet atmospheres not anymore Yep, and that's what we were talking about earlier in the show is this yep. is just not the same. Texas team and I agree. I mean, I think two things can be true, right? You can compliment yeah. someone for what they've done in their profession and you know not be a fan of them personally. So Correct. that's all we're saying there. And before we sign off today, Ryan, um, last night, Geno Smith won uh, Comeback Player of the Year, uh, NFL Honors. Um, I know you're a big Geno fan. You've been talking about it. Of course, we are uh, with him being from West Virginia or playing here in West Virginia. Um, and I think, you know, what Gino's done really speaks to the West Virginia spirit, right? Resiliency, um, never counting yourself out, being in this league for, what, 10 years? And then yeah. getting his due as a starter. And now, you know, he's a free agent and will get paid uh, a little bit, hopefully. And, you know, maybe he takes another team next year who's just a quarterback away um, type of thing. I didn't know if you wanted to talk about Gino at all, because I, I know what a fan you are of him. Yeah, and you got to be a fan of the story, too. I mean, anytime oh, yeah. somebody that struggles early in their career, I mean, got drafted by the New York Jets. The Jets really weren't in the best 
uh, situation when he drafted him. Like they're the Jets franchise right now is in a much better state than it was when they drafted Gino. But enough with uh, the New York Jets talks. We're talking about Gino. Uh, he 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 bounced around, was a backup in with the Giants, and then the Chargers for a quick stint. But then finally got his chance uh, when he went to Seattle and backed up Russell Wilson, and, and then everybody knows the Russell Wilson story where he goes to Denver and struggles and Gino steps right in and they're supposed to be the, the worst team in the league this year. And what does Gino do? He plays his best ball of his career, uh, throws for over 4,000 yards, 30 touchdowns, 11 interceptions. So great year for Gino. I'm glad he won it because sometimes it's a popularity contest with these awards. Mm-hmm. Gino deserved this award. He was the best comeback player of the year candidate. So yeah. And like you said, in a contract year too. So he's put himself in a great position to get paid now. It's kind of funny how he's like comeback player of the year. Cause he never really had his, yeah, well, I guess him being injured. a second round yeah. pick or not even being injured, but like, it, it it's just he's just here like it's it's not even like yeah. the it's like the arrived Geno Smith arrived award so but hey I mean everyone gets the point so it, it, it it's it's awesome and Rush over the years how many years we've watched football how many times do we just give up on young quarterbacks where it's like two years oh he's not the answer he's not the he can't get it done and you just throw him to the curb. So it, sometimes it takes six, seven, eight years in this league. I mean, it's the best league in mm-hmm. the world, the NFL, with the best athletes, the uh, best coaches, best schemes. And it, it just finally clicked for Geno. It just took seven, eight years. And there's nothing wrong with that because we've seen the Brady's and Rodgers and Manning's. They play till they're 40 now because you can't touch the quarterback. Yeah. 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 So, no, I agree. And I'll say as well, too, is I also think there's a lot of young quarterbacks who have been starters their whole lives and been like, I'm not going to be a backup. I'm not going to be a backup. So I think it even speaks to Gino more. And yeah, we give up on players earlier, too. But Gino was like, you know what? I'll take any role I can and work my way back no matter how long it takes. So great. Congratulations, Gino. Good luck. We hope you get a nice fat contract and, you know, we're cheering you again, unless it's against our teams, Ryan. But hey, we'll, we'll. Cheering for you hard, regardless, representing West Virginia and that that West Virginia spirit. So thank you, Gino. Uh, go Mountaineers. Beat Horns Down, Texas. And uh, we'll be back here with a pre- Baylor preview, pardon me, here in a couple days. So go Mountaineers. Go Mountaineers. And Gino, don't write back. <laughs>